Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm Eugene Driscoll, and welcome to a very special edition of Valley Naval Gazing. Today, uh, we're going to welcome our first in quote studio guest. It's very exciting for us. Gary Parker, the former Derby Fire Chief, has agreed to be a guinea pig and to test out this new equipment. Uh, but there's also a news hook here. Mr. Parker uh, has, is going to be inducted into the Connecticut State Firefighters Association Hall of Fame. There's an, the 8th Annual Dinner is scheduled for Thursday, April 7th. That's at the Aquaturf on Mulberry Street in Southington. For tickets, if you want to call, you can call the CSFA office at 860-423-5799. Although at this point, it, it, it might even be sold out. I know that gets a big uh, turnout uh, every year, right? Yes, it does, Eugene. And, and first, thank you very much for having me here this morning. I really appreciate you inviting me, and I, I look forward to our talk this morning. Um, but yes, it is a very big event. Um, there's a uh, there's over thirty thousand, well, just under thirty thousand members in the association at this time. Wow! And uh, each year they they started the uh, Hall of Fame in two thousand ten, I believe. Uh, and each year they induct ten to twelve members uh, into the hall. And at this point, do they have a Valley special section? Is there Because there's, there's a lot of, of, yeah. of, of Derby firefighters specifically who are, who are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, there are. Uh, and, and there probably should be a Valley <laughs> section. And, uh, uh, and I th there's four. I, I'll be the fourth member from the Derby Fire Department inducted. Uh, uh, and, and truly, it's uh, to be amongst uh, those members and, and really all the members in the, in the Derby Fire Department throughout the Valley. I, I, feel I consider us all Hall of Famers. Yeah. And who, who's it? I know, uh, I, I believe I covered and went to when it was uh, Ed Cotter. Yes. Uh, who were the others that, that are in there? Yeah, Ed Cotter was the first in the Valley. Um, and actually, there was a, uh, another individual, Father Thomas Berberick, who was uh, back in the 1960s, was, a, uh, was the pastor of St. Mary's Church, just up the street from the Storm Engine Company in Derby. Uh, Father Burbrick was uh, not only the chaplain of the fire department, but he was also a very active firefighter uh, and actually drove the apparatus to a many a fire. Hmm. Uh, he and was he was inducted the same year as, as Ed Mr. Cotter. Cotter yeah. That's correct. And uh, following them were uh, Charlie Stanky Sen uh, Sr., uh, Jr., I'm sorry, even though he's deceased, he would be hitting me over the head for saying Sr. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Charlie S Stanky Jr. Uh, was inducted, another former chief of the department. And then uh, his son, Chuck Stanky Third was inducted. So I, I follow them and, and, and will now be in it. So let's talk. I, I thought... Uh, we were just talking a moment before I set up all this equipment, which hopefully is working. But uh, I was talking about how when we launched the Valley Indy back in 2009, one of the things I did was, was seek out uh, Derby firefighters and Ansonia firefighters specifically because I felt just from living in the community for a little bit that they were literally the backbone of, uh, of the communities here. Just, I mean, they, they do so much just above and beyond uh, uh, you know, the, the firefighting duties. There's firefighters are involved. Uh, in everything. So I wanted to take it back. How did you, well, first, you're, you're born and raised I in Derby. Let's talk about your, your background a little sure. bit. Sure. Um, yes, I'm born in Derby. Um, you know, the joke on the street in the Derby is, is when people ask you, have you grown up in Derby? You always say, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, you know, in some ways I haven't grown up here yet. But uh, uh, where, yes. Where, what part of Derby, where, where'd you live? Where'd you grow uh, up? My mom and dad had, uh, have a house. Uh, my, uh, my mom still lives in on uh, the hilltop in Derby, just between St. Jude's Church and Bradley School. And that's where you were? Uh, that's where I was raised, yes. Where do you live now in Derby? Uh, I, I live actually in Ansonia, uh, okay. just, uh, just over the oh line. Oh, no, you traitor. Yeah, well, uh, technically, my one of my property lines is the city of Derby. So oh, there I, you go. You know, yeah, under, under duress, we could do a driveway cut, and I could be, be back in Derby. <laughs> if you had to. That's correct. So what was it like growing up uh, in Derby? Uh, what was you it know, like growing up on the hilltop? It was great. I mean, uh, our, our neighborhood was, uh, was a made up of uh, young families, many kids my age, you know, a little bit older, a little bit younger as well. So it was quite the mix. Um, uh, and, and Derby was, was a great city to, uh, town to, to grow up in. Uh, it was uh, always community-minded. There was always things to do with whether Little League, Pop Warner. Uh, of course, 
scouting uh, is, was and still is huge. Uh, and so it was great. Um, uh, although I'm an only child, uh, you know, I never felt that way in, in Derby. I, I have a, hmm. a, a lot of uh, very, very close friends and alliances that uh, as close as any brother or sister would ever be. And then what type of work uh, did your father do or, or, and your mother and or your mom? Sure. Uh, my mom's, uh, my, mom, my dad met my mom in Germany when, when he was in the army. He was a part of the occupational force after World War II. Uh, they, my, they were married in, in Germany. They, they traveled here with the intent of moving to Oklahoma to uh, reestablish my dad and, and uh, live there. Well, uh, my mom was from born and raised in Bavaria, Germany, which is, uh, if, if anyone knows the geo geography, the, it's, it's beautiful. It's mountainous, uh, the Alps and, and all that. So very picturesque. Uh, they, they came to the valley because uh, my, one of my mother's older sisters had already been established here for quite some time. Uh, so they stopped to visit here and, and, and spent some time and then went out to Oklahoma. Well, in 1952, the year that this occurred, uh, in Oklahoma, it was a drought season and had mm. been for a number of years. Uh, and of course, you're right in the middle of Hurricane Alley and uh, in Tornado Alley. So uh, they, uh, my mom experienced her first tornado. <laughs> and uh, yeah, unpleasant. Fortunately, they, they came through unscathed and, and really no, no problem. But they, uh, she gave my father the ultimatum to either bring her back to Germany or bring her back to the valley. And so they came to the valley, and here we are. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. So, yeah, so, all right, so your mom w was from Germany. That's, uh, so I guess German culture growing up was a, was a big thing. And, yes. Uh, and was there, were there other, uh, I know, like, the, the right now, like, the Polish population's uh, mm -hmm. huge in the valley. Yeah. And I guess always, was there a big German population? Yeah, I wouldn't then, say or? large, but there was, a, <laughs> there was a good number of German uh culture of, of folks in the area uh they were in in west haven at the time and i there was a uh, the arboriter menacor was a german society singing society it was a social group and that's what, and your mom was a singer too she right? uh my wife's a singer oh i'm well, sorry yeah, yeah oh, i got right. all right I, yeah. i'm getting the the yeah. lineage confused yeah. there i apologize but uh uh yeah so they they belong to that and uh and, you know throughout the the lower nocto valley there's there's many german folks and and uh, some extended family of my mom's that were are here. And so what did your dad do for work once he landed uh, permanently here in the in the valley? Yeah, he, he was a uh, machinist and I uh, worked for the Farrell Corporation for a number of years. Uh, was that right here in Ansonia? Right in Ansonia okay. here, that's, that's right. For people who are watching this, obviously, yeah. the, the Farrell Corporation, the, the buildings are almost next door to us, just down the, uh, the road slightly yeah. from the Valley Indy office. And, of course, uh, you know, that was in a time, the, the late 50s and 60s, that the heavy industry was the heart and soul of the Valley. And so um, nearly everyone, if they didn't work for Farrell's or another manufacturer, uh, they did some, something towards supporting that. Hmm. Um, my dad f eventually uh, moved over to United Shoe Company, which was in, down in uh, Shelton, where the current latex foam okay. is. Uh, and he worked there for the rest, really the bulk of his career. Uh, he did, was a machinist and did machine repair. And when did you get? When did you first get exposed to uh, firefighting or the Derby Fire Department? Well, really, the first time I was exposed, uh, I was a Cub Scout, and uh, at the time was Pack Nine, uh, sponsored by St. Jude's and Derby. And, um, and uh, uh, how old are you? What, what's your age? If I, if I'm going to be 58 this year. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, uh, this was probably when I was nine or 10. Okay. Um, uh, our cub master who is, happens to be, uh, or was, uh, still is Ray Allen from, uh, he's a, uh, a 65 year member of the Hotchkiss hose currently in Derby. Oh, okay. So he was our cub master. And, and so he ex brought us to the various firehouses in Derby through the, you know, through, through the time we were in scouting there. Uh, and I'll, I'll never forget the um, going to the Hotchkiss and, uh, and the Storm Engine Company, actually. And uh, we, they took us for a fire, uh, ride on the fire truck. And uh, that was my first hands-on oh, wow. exposure. Okay. And in those days, because I'm relatively new to Derby, but, but Hotchkiss was another. W w that was downtown as well. That was where the, the Art Center is That's now? correct. At okay. the time, that's the building they were in. Yep. Okay. Um, the Storms are, were, were and are where they currently uh, are quartered. And so what was it as a, as a Cub Scout uh, about the fire department? So did you know right there, oh, this is something I want to be a part of? Was it that? 
definitely. I, 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 kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as you grow up a little uh, more, and I got into Boy Scouts and, you know, continued, uh, you know, p- various parents were involved that had kids in our troop, Troop 3. And, uh, you know, so there, and, and many were firefighters. So there was always exposure there. And then the, the hook was, uh, in, in my era in the 1970s, there was a TV show on, uh, it was on NBC, uh, called Emergency. Okay. And uh, Johnny Gage and Roy DeSoto. Oh, that was it. It was that and, show. Oh, that's uh, yeah, fascinating. Yeah. Okay. A real quick sidelight. Yeah, I yeah, have to tell ahead, you this. Uh, uh, there's, no, there's no structure here, yeah, so yeah. feel free. Year, years later, so uh, in the, uh, actually not years, but uh, uh, later in the 70s, uh, um, I would say 1978 or so, uh, myself and a couple of friends, also firefighters, uh, uh, we had uh, uh, graduated high school. And before we went off to doing our college thing or our work thing, whatever we were off to, we decided to uh, truck cross country. Uh, we flew to California. I had an uncle and my father's brother who resided in California. So we went out and, um, and we, we were 17, 18 years old at the time, had a ball. Uh, uh, drove to Vegas, uh, uh, went to see Elvis and, and all that stuff. So, uh, wow. Okay. Well, that's, I, I, that's another story, right, but right. I could tell you that in a minute. <laughs> but so, uh, while we were there, we went to Universal Studios where they recorded, uh, Emergency. And, uh, they have a, a stage set up and had where you, you come in and you sit and they, and they show how to, how they recorded this show. And they had a, a set made up and, uh, they put people out of the audience to partake in the show. So oh, no they picked okay. a, one of my compadres and I were picked out and we were, we played the parts of uh, DeSoto and Gage. And so, <laughs> so, yeah, we made kind of a comedy out of it, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Wow. Emergency. I have, I, I mean, I'm, I'm 42, so you got a couple of years yeah. on me, but I remember seeing that show as a kid. I think it was, it was in reruns. Yeah. It was cause it was kind of, I remember as a kid, it was like sort of a, uh, not brutal, but it was definitely like yeah. an action show. It was, uh, you know, for the time it was, is, you know, it was a, a very authentic. Yeah, that's and uh, um, and so you know, with that exposure, and and with my up. growing uh, as growing older and meeting more people involved in the fire department, uh, you know, I started realizing, you know, in the microcosm of Derby, which was my world, uh, I realized that yeah, these guys do emergency stuff here, and and uh, you know, so the the spark was lit. So when did you first join the the fire department, and which uh, which company or which house did you sure. did you join? I um, uh, it was in 1975, uh, right after the BF Goodrich explosion. Okay. And um, um, in fact, the following week. And so that uh, seeing that. Oh yeah, yeah. One of my motivated uh, you to go. Get yeah, and in fact, uh, uh, a close friend at the time, uh, uh, still a, f- a close friend, Chuck Stanky. Uh, we were in Troop Three together. Uh, Chuck was already a member because his, you know, that the whole family was involved. Um, they were operating, um, you know, it, it was actually probably two or three weeks after the actual event, but the, there was still an active operation going on at the site. And for anybody who, who's not familiar with that, or maybe you're listening from another part of the country because of the magic of the internet, BF Goodrich Fire was this massive factory fire in downtown mm-hmm. Shelton, directly across from downtown Derby on the other side of the Housatonic River. Massive arson fire was that that was at the at the time it was the largest uh commercial arson uh insurance fire in the history of our country yes and just in terms of the impact that this had on the community it it basically it it took a generation for shelton to recover from the job loss uh of this massive fire because it put a lot of people out of work i mean yeah that was really the the last nail in the in the uh era of industry in the valley uh, but yeah, it was it was a huge loss uh, for those that aren't, who are not familiar. Uh, downtown Shelton now has this huge plaza, uh, turf plaza, which is called the the slab. Mm-hmm. Um, that entire area that was BF Goodrich and and uh, a, a, an old time mill structure uh, that you know, occupying that entire space on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was so is uh, it something that because you weren't a member of the department at the time? Is it something you? you I mean, I guess it must. Everyone must have been able to see it because it was uh, such a uh, yeah. From well, from where we, uh, we lived on 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 the hilltop in, in Derby, uh, we could see the fire from you know just our going out into the street at night, and and everyone who was not a firefighter and actually physically there 
uh, everyone, you know, that we were aware of was out in the street looking at this thing. It was just uh, mesmerizing, and, and uh, people were, you know, not knowing until weeks, as the weeks and months progressed afterwards and the investigation went on to determine the cause. Um, and, you know, that night, it was, you know, it was, um, uh, I can uh, relate it to 9-11 when it happened hmm. because it was that type of impact. And so that, uh, how did that translate into you getting involved in the department? Why, uh, I mean, that was direct motivator yeah. of seeing that. That was, that was the, uh, the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, uh, so I, I, Chuck brought me down to the scene, and, and uh, again, as, as time went on, it became less and less, uh, uh, less, and less of a security issue. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, spent some time there, uh, joined the Pegaso Hook and Ladder Company as an auxiliary member. Why, uh, why Pegasset? Well, that's the, the company where, where Chuck belonged to and, and his father, and so that was my direct tie. Um, they brought me in down there, and, and that's where I, I still remain today. Was it, uh, I'm, I'm sort of fascinated by this, whenever I talk to Derby firefighters, it's, it's not uncommon at all to hear third or fourth generation in yeah. a particular firehouse. Was it uh, more difficult as somebody who, if you didn't have that lineage, to get involved, or was it were they just automatically welcoming? And, and you knew, I guess you grew yeah. up with Chuck. Yeah, Sandy, I knew, so. and, and you know, as time progressed, you, I got to know a lot of the members, and, and many are were, were close today, and, and and you know, family functions and all that. Um, the fire service is a is a, a funny uh, uh, thing. Uh, it's uh, uh, you have to prove yourself uh to some level i mean it's one thing to be proficient in the skill set and and understand the evolutions and and go th you know go through the mechanics uh required but it's another thing to uh to be, to create the bond hmm. and uh it's a very very uh sensitive thing because yeah. they're like, and you were saying you're an only child, so these guys are like brothers to you. Yeah, like yeah, a second, that's a second right. And then, you know, the, you, you have to be, you have to prove yourself on multiple levels if uh, if you're going to be successful in the firehouse and and uh, excel. Um, you know, the, what we do in the fire service is, is is all a team effort. There's it's there's no I in team, and and we mean that. Hmm. And so you really need to. Uh, to create a bond, you have to understand that, uh, and I, I, it took me some years to learn this, and and and, uh, but it's like it's embedded now. The, the you know the, uh, in the fire service, we we make decisions rapidly, and usually, we, uh, and we have to make decisions based on on the information, the best information that we can gather at, at any given moment. Um, those decisions uh, could be life life-threatening or uh you know determine if someone lives someone dies uh that's that's a uh, tremendous weight to bear on your shoulders and uh in order to be successful you know one individual could never bear the stress of that that decision making it has to be that you have to trust the individuals you're with your, your brother and sister members uh you have to be comfortable with, with what they are and and how far they're willing to go or capable of going, just as we have to do the same. So it's it's this very very special bond that you know some folks that um, uh, are not in fire service, you know, and and very similar in police and EMS as well. But to uh, to those who have not actually crawled down a hallway with a couple of your 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 uh, brother members uh, looking for somebody. And uh, know that something goes wrong, uh, we're in trouble. That and to, it, to yeah. know that they're there with you is uh, it makes you it allows you to keep going. Now, in terms of the the, the Pogasset company itself, I'm not, can you tell me a little bit about that? What what you know? I, I I've done some really no research on the different fire companies in Derby, mm -hmm. but over the years, just talking to people informally, mm -hmm. you kind of get like a history. Yeah. Of each e each company in Derby uh, is unique in its own way, which is just fascinating. It, I guess at one point, like the the storms, from what I understand, that was like the Irish company that's, that's going back. Correct. Yeah. So what 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 is it about Pogasset? What what uh what makes you proud to be a member there? What what is sort of its 
not not to go through its yeah. whole history, but what, yeah. what 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 makes that company unique? Yeah. The uh, and you're right. We know we, without going through each, the history of each company, but each company has a distinct history of how they came about. Very quickly, the uh, the Storm Engine Company was actually a a, 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 a shoot a break off of the Hotchkiss hose. Hotchkiss was the first company in Derby. And f for whatever reason at the time, and I know the reasons, but we don't have to talk about <laughs> yeah, them now. Right, right. But there, uh, uh, there, there, there was dissent among the membership, and the, the Storm Engine Company broke off, uh, initiated their own company. Likewise, the big assets were, were uh, uh, although they, they used to be the R.M. Bassett Company. And uh, the hook and ladder company, and named after like the Bassett family. Yeah, I believe so. That you know what? That's a good question. Okay. Uh, but I, I, likely it could is. be. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the uh, there was uh, a disgruntlement, uh, and uh, which is sort of the natural evolution of uh, of, of, of of at least volunteer fire departments. Yeah. I guess There's, that's always sort of happening. Yeah, it's one of those things. You know, uh, sometimes uh, there'll be. Uh, uh, Sometimes news stories come up, and it'll be somebody complaining. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah. And we, we tend, to, and this is maybe revealing an editorial bias, but we tend not to write those stories because yeah. if you wanted to, you could concentrate on that kind of stuff, like oh, yeah. infighting all day. Yeah. But it is fascinating how they're like new. If you don't, if, if you know, you have an issue in one yeah. fire company, well, you can find one that that fits you. Yeah, that's is, right. Is sort of, and uh, and that's it. So the, the RM Bassett Company actually disbanded, and then it came back as the Pegaso Hook and Ladder Company. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and you're right. Each company has its own unique personality. Okay. And, uh, you know, back in, in the last century, the, around the 1900s and, you know, coming through the early, the early 20th century, um, I think they were each company, and not only in Derby, but, you know, everywhere was more culturally, uh, or there was multiple uh, cult cultural and ethnic ties. It was almost ethnic-based. That's, That's what correct. Was. Um, that, that we, we, you know, we're, we're, I don't, it's not so it's, much anymore, away, although there yeah. is still some, some of that, you know, because of the generational progression, uh, as we move forward, but not so much, uh, that any longer, but each, certainly each company has a personality and there, all, there is, um, you know, there's company pride. And so what's Pogacid's personality? And maybe I'm getting into Barbara Walters' what tree yeah. would you like yeah, to be right, territory right. here. So just tell me to shut well, up and we can the, move on. Well, uh, Pogacid's, um, uh, and I believe this is still true, um, is, is one of two uh, dedicated ladder, hook and ladder companies, volunteer ladder companies in the state of Connecticut. Um, you know, you know m most other departments is in our areas, especially uh, all of them other than the Pogacid's, uh, they have hook and ladder, uh, ladder trucks, uh, but they're they're uh, commingled with an engine company. So th those companies do uh, both those tasks. Where the Pegasus at the Pegasus, we're ladder guys, and uh, um, I'm proud to say we're very good at it, hmm. and I take a lot of pride in that. So uh, yeah, you know, t for those that are not familiar with the fires, again. Uh, Nothing against any engine company because nothing happens without putting water on the fire, and, and their function is extremely vital to uh, a successful outcome. But in the latter company, generally speaking, we, we go where the water is not. We, uh, we operate above the fire. We, we, uh, you'll see the, the guys, when there's photos of a fire, the people on the roof, those are truck guys. Um, uh, uh, we, you know, our job is to, uh, to vent the fire uh and primarily perform forcible entry get making sure the engines can get into the fire and you know our, it's our job to uh primary to uh search for victims okay and so uh uh we take a lot of pride in that that's uh, fascinating yeah so let's talk about now uh some of the uh maybe the calls that you remember the most mm -hmm. uh over the years and it doesn't have i mean it, you know there's obviously there's been big fires sure. in the valley we have old housing stock here we have yeah. old factories here yeah so it tends to be when there's a fire in derby or ansonia or shelton mm -hmm. it can be a a big fire yeah so are those but, but then maybe there's calls you went on where where that, that maybe they were humorous or maybe yeah. you know uh, the la you and chuck stanky responded yeah. to something but yeah. what are some of the things that stick out when you look the back over your career well you know there's always there's good and bad and and on, you know we see many times very bad things um and and some of those calls stick out but you're right some of the ones that are humorous uh, one comes to mind and and uh 
the uh, actually two, both animal related. Okay. Uh, the uh, the one is uh, uh, we got received a call during the day, and and actually it was during my tenure when I was still public works director at the same time as being a, in the chief's ranks. So uh, uh, there was a cat in a tree, the old cat in a tree story. And a lady was frantic calling them uh, about getting the cat out. And, and, and uh, you know, and the fire department does respond to those calls and, and do it. But uh, it's not that we don't like to, but, you know, it's, during the day, there's usually, unless there's an emergency, it sometimes it's difficult to get folks around to to be able to go do that. Talking so about leaving your job. Yeah, right, right, right. So you know, you know, and and the fact is, most nine times out of ten, the cat will come down, you Eventually. know, put some food down at the bottom of the tree, mm-hmm. and so that was the first response. I recommend the lady do that, and you know, of course, the she did it, and days went by, and according to her, days went by. So uh, uh, the mayor asked me at the time to, uh, to Who go. Who was the mayor? Who was uh, Mayor Garfalo, okay. Mark Garfalo. Okay. So he said, look, she's calling the mayor's office. Will you just go do something? <laughs> so <laughs> here I go. I go over and uh, um, uh, the uh, guys from the ambulance at the time, uh, 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 well, the, the, the two duty guys on the ambulance during the daytime met me up there to take a look. We to do an assessment, see what we needed. So um, uh, I asked one of them to bring an engine, uh, uh, engine 12 with him. So, uh, uh, engine 12 comes out of the storm. So okay. he comes up and we meet up there and a lady comes out and, uh, and, uh, tells us her story. So I said, well, start the engine up, tell them my guy to start the engine up, pull the booster line off and, and we'll, we'll give the water, give the cat some water Uh-oh. and, uh, not push them out <laughs> of the tree, but you know, cats typically don't like water. So just kind of make it look like a drain on top of it. Give him and, some uh, options. And so, uh, yeah, so uh, fortunately, uh, the, uh, the lady went kind of ballistic on me. But uh, the, uh, we pulled the engine out, pulled the hose off, started the truck up, never flowed any water, and the cat came down. So just, that was that one. That was a smart yeah, cat. Yeah. Oh, uh, the other weird. one was, uh, the other animal story was uh, one of our members called, and, um, called me, and uh, a neighbor of his had a, uh, a cockatoo, a bird. Harry was a cockatoo's name i'll never forget it and uh and uh <laughs> harry now there's a bird he was stuck in a tree literally stuck in a tree outside so uh you should have brought the cat after yeah him. well you know that you know, good good point All right. but the uh we went over with the ladder truck and um uh one of our members went up and we coaxed harry out of the tree actually uh, we were able to snag him and uh Brought him back down to his, uh, brought him back to his owner. So, uh, yeah, we not only do we get cats, we get birds out of trees as well. <laughs> I guess, and I guess you, you literally never know what you're going to. You never know. To, you never know. We've had snakes and you know the multitude of you know those types of calls. Uh, the other, the other calls that stand out, um, um, of course, are are the fatals. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know they're 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 just not pleasant. Right. Uh, we, we, we on Derby we've had. Uh, We've we've had our share of those, and uh, um, again, I could remember could tell you about many of them. It's the they're just not not good to do. Is there anything particular uh, about uh, sort of the housing stock in Derby that uh, is particularly challenging for the for the fire departments? I mean, it's it's old, and you've got that. Yeah. W- what do they call it? The balloon type. Cons- balloon construction, right? Um, yeah, there, you know, there's a lot of fire load in in the not only in Derby but in the lower Nocatuck Valley, and you're correct. Um, the houses are, you know, many are old, especially in the, in the, in the downtown areas, in the surrounding areas, downtown. And densely populated. Very dense. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, um, uh, although fire codes in recent decades has so tremendously improved that, uh, you know, even those are, 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 uh, very well protected with fire alarm systems and, and fire, uh, prevention measures. Uh, that you know, fire marshal in, in Derby, we're, we're very blessed to have a very diligent fire marshal office. And uh, yeah, Phil Hawks is like it, it's it's amazing because we listen to the scanner all yeah. day here uh, as, as reporters just to monitor it. And I think Phil Hawks is the first on scene yeah. like ninety nine out of a hundred yeah, times. He's, uh, <laughs> you could recognize his voice. I'm like, oh yeah, that that's yeah fire yeah. He's uh, he's he's there all the time, and uh, you know even whether he's working you know during his regular hours or off you know off hours. He's a he's a, a great firefighter, very knowledgeable, 
and uh, between he and his staff, they uh, they have done a lot for to fire prevention in Derby. But uh, to get back to your question, the uh, there's you know fires are, are uh, when they do get seated in in an old building like that, uh, very difficult, very intensive, uh, requires a lot of manpower, and uh, very aggressive attack to to put them out successfully. Yes. So let's talk about when you were fire chief uh, of the department. When when were you the the chief? Uh, I was chief in 2004 and 2005. Um, prior to that, the the, w the way it works in Derby, the the, the chiefs are, have an automatic rotation. Mm -hmm. So the four companies in Derby each have a chief in the ranks at any given time. So there's and they're one assistant chiefs, right? That's and then correct. They work there's their way. one chief and three <clears throat> assistants third second and first assistant so uh, there's an exam uh, during and it's an, uh, the rotation is company by company okay so um, uh, when any given company's turn is up they, they there's an exam of oral and written uh, prerequisite requirements for training and, and all that uh, you become a third assistant and every two years bump up to the chief to what was chief. the most uh, challenging part of being the, the chief of the department I mean uh, like what's you know the the uh, uh, the fires are the easy part okay the uh, and they're not easy but they're the easy part um, the uh, you know go back to the, the personalities of the companies well you uh, have the, this so is where the, you have to manage you all have the personalities oh, okay. and then you have the you know then the internal personalities so, you know uh, you know they kind of have a personality as a group and then you have the individual personalities so um uh yeah so you know my my uh, uh I, I was very fortunate that uh um uh i was successful to uh, to convey to the membership that you know what what we as a fire der the derby fire department is although we are four companies and four, four very prideful independent companies we operate everything we do we operate as the derby fire department and um that was probably the going into the chief ranks that's that was one goal that i had to do for myself or to was to try to establish that mindset that you know, fellows, we can't be fighting each other. Uh, uh, although you know, I'm all for uh, rivalry, and and that's a that's a good thing. But it motivates it, you to do a, exactly. a good job, but, but not it, when but it, it has to, to end at a certain point, and you know, we're in a common goal. So uh, many years ago in the Derby Fire School, and and you know, that was another thing within Derby that uh, on O'Sullivan's Island. On O'Sullivan's yeah. Island, um, uh, I was probably with among the last era of firefighters that really had that we literally that was in our backyard mm -hmm. and and we were fortunate there to have some outstanding drill masters i mean we, mike grant is one from new haven uh he's uh, ultimately became chief of the new haven fire department um he was he started in derby he, was, he started as an auxiliary member in the storm engine company okay and uh from there progressed to become a member but um uh, we learned how to fight fires and um, many, many different scenarios. And, and, and we tried to uh, uh, create scenarios that we could not put out because we wanted to really determine what our weaknesses were. Mm. Uh, but that being said, you know, one, one, uh, one uh, thought that was conveyed to me in that school and it was by two at the time uh, older members than I were at the in the storms they were older than me by uh, probably five or ten years and uh, uh, profound words that I'll, I, I still remember um, you know outside the fire ground we as firefighters we may, you know we, we may not get along we, we may have tremendous differences but you know, as soon as the uh, the bell rings or the alarm goes in, you know, even those members are our best friends, and we have to operate. So and so to to get to the point where, you know, where we have to work as a fire department, that's the biggest uh, uh, challenge there is, I believe, one of the biggest uh, that a chief has to to manage. To uh, uh, and I'm not saying we all have to have Sunday dinner together because that's not what it's about at all. It's just the one at the task at hand, 
uh, we have to work as a, as a fire department and as a team to get it done. To get yeah, it that, done. That's right. fascinating too. So one other thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, what, what did you what do you do for what did you you, you were the the head of the public works department that's right, for that's right. what did you do uh, what was your day job all these years yeah I well the, the uh, I it was very unique uh, uh, but I, I went to school I have a, a, a degree in civil engineering and uh, I currently I up till the early 90s I worked for some major construction companies uh, on major highway construction projects um, uh, bridge work, highway construction. Uh, in 92, uh, Gino DeMauro became the mayor in Derby. And um, uh, although I knew him to say hello to, uh, uh, I really didn't, you know, we didn't no never had any him. connection really. But uh, um, he was looking for a public works director, so I sent him a resume. At the time, construction uh, in the late 80s and very early 90s, our construction was way down in the state. There was uh, you know, it was an economic downturn the at the time. Sure, sure. So uh, uh, I said, "Geez, I, you know, I, I you know, I, I, that, I could fit into that kind of job." So uh, uh, I sent him a resume. We met several times with uh, Harry Kinney was his was his advisor at the time. Harry's uh, now deceased, but he was a wonderful man, and um, I was very fortunate. He uh, he named me as his public works director, street commissioner, uh, and I was very fortunate to work. Uh, subsequent to that, three the next three mayors, and uh, so you know that's a. I mean, I, I we've only been around since two thousand nine. Yeah. There's been two public works directors just in the time since we launched uh -huh. in two thousand nine. So that is that unusual to serve that that, well, that long? Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, and and not to promote myself, but I, I'm the longest serving public works director okay. that the city ever that has had. Um, it's it's a politically appointed uh, job, so. You know, for many years, although th the trend is starting to change now uh, for longevity, but for many years, uh, uh, every every, every mayoral election, you, yeah, that's part of the thing. You could put a new be, guy in could there, be a new which, guy in there. So, uh, which probably isn't the best for that. I mean, I'm just a lady, yeah, but, but I, it, it seems like you'd want stability in that. That's in that right, position. and, and that's it, the way it and, is. In and you know, I was successful there as well. And you know, when when I, Gino and I spoke about the job. Um, that was my thought on the th on the on the whole thing, and and um, uh, I was very fortunate to that uh, you know to to work for some very understanding mayors, um, and and boards of aldermen and, and tax boards uh, uh, was able to s accomplish quite a bit in, in that time. Um, so I was in a very unique position when I became assistant chief of the, in the fire department because uh, prior to I became assistant chief in 97. So the first four or five years I was uh, a member. I was a past officer of the Bagassets. Um, but being public works director, uh, I was able to respond regularly, you know, especially daytime. Mm to uh, all kinds of calls, uh, both in for the Ambulance Corps and for the Fire Department. Um, it's funny, I, I, uh, I've said this to many of the mayors, uh, you know, during a, a talk at a banquet or so, I would always uh, make a point to thank the mayor at any given time, whoever the mayor was, who might be at the banquet that, uh, you know, that allows me to uh, volunteer for the public works and work for the fire department. <laughs> 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 so uh, yeah, I was very fortunate. So I wanted to ask you basically just three more uh, uh, topic areas. I wanted to ask you like who your influences were within the fire department uh, when you look back over the years. Uh, then two about how this uh, Hall of Fame uh, uh, induction came about. And then like who's going to be there uh, with you uh, on April 7th. Yeah. Uh, who's going to be by your side? So let's first talk about who who were your influences uh, when you were coming up? Because I mean, it sounds to me like yeah. a fire department is very important in in sort of passing down uh, not just tradition, but how to do your job mm -hmm. and and how to conduct yourself, and, and I guess yeah. how to be a manager in yeah. some ways. So who influenced you in the department? Uh, you know, and I, I'll, I'll give you some names. Uh, I don't want to uh, leave anybody out. Leave no, anyone you're, 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 out. You're, you're, you're and don't want to insult anyone, but. Uh, yeah. I'll give you the you know some of the ones so, that have come. So to anybody mind. listening, just forgive uh, Mr. Parker because we're doing this off the top yeah, of our heads. Yeah. So cut well, him a break. Let me. Well, I'll do it this way. Right. I'll make a blanket statement. <laughs> I've I've got a thousand influences. Are you that, running for mayor? No, not at all. I'm just a kidding. Bit. 
uh, there's a thousand influences that literally uh, that that could have uh, had at some point in time given me something in this in a fire service. But uh, a few of the uh, ones that really stick out are, are some of the. And I don't want to use the word word old timer, uh, but uh, the more veteran members, uh, you know, Ed Cotter for sure in Derby. Um, uh, Chubby Curtis was another uh, former commissioner, past chief and former commissioner that, you know, during, during as my time as I grew up, I knew these guys as when I was Cub Scout in the Little League, ultimately, uh, you know, through Troop 3 Scouts and then, you know, in the fire service. Um, and excuse my ignorance, but is that related to Kelly Curtis? The that would be his dad. His dad. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. A wonderful man. A wonderful man. Um, but those guys were... Uh, uh, especially Eddie, he was uh, he was an innovator. Um, um, doesn't get enough credit for what he did um, to the fire service, not only in Derby, but uh, uh, you know he's he's he had contacts across the country from his days when he was in the Navy. Hmm. Uh, he was a firefighter in the Navy, and that's where he learned uh, learned to trade. And um, I mean, this guy had. Uh, you know, we all hear about hearse tools. There was a call last night. Uh, the members uh, had extricate a, a woman out of a uh, vehicle uh, using a hearse tool, the jaws of life. Eddie Cotter um, purchased hearse tool with serial number number three on it hmm. and brought it to Derby. I mean, you think about that. That is, uh, you know, th these things are, are used around the world. And he, ha he had the foresight to to recognize what a powerful tool this could be to the fire service, um, he, they in fact they they got and and uh, uh, he and some members of the storms took that tool to Boston to train the Boston Fire Department hmm. uh, how to you you know the operation of a hearse tool. So he, he's he's just a wonderful man. Um, of course, Chubby Curtis, um, uh, the Stankies. You know, if it wasn't for them, I would not be in the fire service. Um, um, uh, many older members in the Pegasets, uh, members that I grew up with in the Pegasets. Um, I, and, I, and I can't go without saying uh, the, the s single person be uh, Chief Mike Grant. Okay. Yeah, he uh, not only is a close friend, um, he is a world-class firefighter. Um, and and through, through him or with him, uh, was able to get to New York City, uh, attended numerous seminars uh, uh, in New York with the FDNY. Um, Mike, through his uh, teaching contacts, uh, had many close alliances with many many members there. Um, often we would go there and uh, and stay in, in a, one of the firehouses and, and run calls with them. Uh, attend attend um, these seminars. Uh, one very uh, quick story. One of the seminars. It was in 1995. The uh, uh, the seminar was on high rise firefighting, and uh, so there's probably 200 people in the. It was the AT&T building. Uh, two days before the seminar was the Murr building bombing in Oklahoma City, mm. and New York had sent. Um, um, in fact, they have a, a FEMA urban search and rescue team. Uh, I would side note: I'm, I'm currently a member of one in Massachusetts. Uh, uh, but the, at this particular time, they had sent their team to to the Murrah Building to op for operations. That's this is the one they were still trying to pull folks out. And Ray Downey, uh, who was their special operations uh, chief, uh, and remained that up until 9/11, where he was killed. But um, he had set up a satellite link to this seminar. So here we are, you know, in 95, not knowing, you know, unfortunately, it was the initiation of the mm. world we live in today with terrorism. What was coming, yeah, yeah. But uh, we had a link to this incident, and we're listening to him audio, via an audio link uh, live uh, explaining what, what, what he was looking at and what they were doing uh, for operation. It was, uh, I'll never forget it. Mm. Um, and it was during those seminars that uh and I, we went to a lot of them and you know and i couldn't remember all of them but uh it was through those that i was able to meet many many of the guys that uh were killed on 9-11 mm, mm. so it's uh, uh and that was through mike grant you would say yeah as we yeah as an and influence, so yeah so. 
So, uh, but yeah, there's there's many many others, and I apologize if I'm forgetting. I know I'm forgetting. Yeah, that's a tough question. It's a reporter question. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so let's uh, as we begin to wrap up, let's talk about how you found out about this Hall of Fame induction, and just given uh, what you've said so far in this interview, uh, this is a tremendous tremendous uh, honor. I would think yeah. it's got it's it's got to be one of the um, highlights of the one of the highlights of my life. How did you find out that you were that you were going to be in it? Um, I received a letter. Um, I came home. Uh, it was in late January, I believe, uh, Friday afternoon, and uh, f- op- came home for work. Got the mail and came in and opened the mail up and uh, a letter from uh, Connecticut State Firefighters, and uh, informed me that I, I was in, was to be inducted. Uh, the nomination came from uh, Mike Grant. So and, and you don't even have to say anymore that you, that had to be yeah. you, you can't express I would think uh, what what St- that still felt still like. can uh, uh, goosebumps yeah I'm actually I have them right now <laughs> just talking and I'm looking at these I should mention the other inductees that are <coughs> that are going to be inducted <coughs> excuse me Thursday April seventh at uh, the Aquaturf Mulberry Street in Southington it's forty dollars per person to go there and for tickets you can call the CSFA office at eight six zero four two three five seven Nine nine. The ticket's got to be paid by April first, so it's coming up. The other inductees that are going in, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing any of these. Uh, the, I'm a writer, not a, not a speaker. <laughs> Fred Dudick Jr. of Killingworth, Lawrence Ford of Reading, he's deceased. James E. Kiley, Newington, that's a, he's deceased. Ronald L. Littell Sr. from Tolland, Kevin R. McKeon from the West Shore, uh, in parentheses West Haven, John Menti. Uh, Stony Hill Department in Bethel. Now I get how these are working. Jeffrey J. Uh, Morissette he's from Weathersfield. He's a fire administrator. John E. O'Byer Jr. of North Haven. Gary Parker of Derby. Charles Parati of North Caden. And Kenneth W. Richards Jr. of Old Mystic. So that's it. Thursday, April 7th, Aquaturf Mulberry Street in Southington. If you have any questions, call 860-423-5799. The last thing I wanted to ask you, my father is a retired uh, New York City police officer. He was a member of the emergency service unit for years. My brother, older brother, was also, he's a retired NYPD. He was in the emergency service unit. <coughs> My father, who's got, he's pushing like 80. <laughs> he's still a police officer in the town of Somers. He's actually the, the, the chief, the first uh-huh. officer in charge. And he was, uh, he got citizen of the year, you know, uh, and I knew, I got up and, and made a, a speech, and I knew that it, it really was an award to my mom, who raised five boys while my father worked yeah. 19 jobs, as so often police officers and sure. firefighters do. So I wanted to ask you about your family. Sure. Uh, I mean, I assume who, they're going to be there with you, uh, yeah. of course. And what role did, did they play in this? God bless them. Um. Any any uh, emergency services family uh, could be police fire. I mean, they uh, they truly take the brunt of what we do. We do what we love. Uh, they're 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 in it because they're family, mm. and uh, they don't have a choice. <laughs> they really don't have a choice. And uh, my wife. Uh, What's uh, your wife's name? Her name is uh, Jeanette. Uh, she goes by Jet. Okay. Uh, we actually were married. Uh, uh, I was well into my career. I was I was already an assistant chief when we were married, and uh, so she kind of got truly baptism by fire. And uh, she's a trooper. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, some of the and I won't say crazy. Everything I you know, there's not much I do that I haven't thought about. For example, nine uh, eleven, the. Uh, uh, the, the day of the event, uh, uh, myself and, and uh, uh, two other chiefs from the, the Shelton, we went down that night to the Ground Zero. And, and uh, of course, it, that was still early on. And, and this woman, my wife, never batted an eyelash. Hmm. Yeah, right. That's where, like, the real, the real guts are yeah. a, a lot of time. And I think people don't, you know... It's uh, you always hear as a reporter, we're always talking yeah. to the firefighters and the fire yeah. chiefs and the first yeah. responders. And then that family's just always yeah. there, just silently yeah. there. And, just and, and, a and lot of support. My mom's going to be there. 86 oh, years old. And God bless her. Uh, 
she finally learned that I'm a firefighter after 40 years. She thought I was a bank teller, but <laughs> that's funny. But uh, uh, no, she's uh, she, again. She's she's uh, very um, uh, strong in her support. Um, has you know, I think she said a lot of novenas when when the alarm goes in. But uh, uh, she's a mom. Mm. And uh, un very understandable, but yeah, she's uh, very proud, and I'm, I'm proud that she's my mom. Uh, and we'll have, you know, many other family members, extended family, and uh, uh, really look forward to the evening. Okay. Now, my last question: Is there anything else you wanted to to add, maybe that I haven't asked as a as a reporter? Anything else you wanted to stress or say the, as we uh, wrap this up? If we just real briefly, uh, <laughs> one of my other current jobs is uh i'm it's not a job it's a i'm volunteer but um president of the houston council boy scouts in, oh sure in, in, sure and uh we uh we are our charge is to manage the the council that you know the lower north valley so uh it's a it's a uh, job of passion and um uh, i just would like to invite any and all to uh, uh come check us out uh, we have a camp in Goshen, Connecticut. Uh, would love to have people come up and visit. Uh, we have fundraisers all the time. So I would just ask that you check our website um, uh, for, for our activities. Uh, support the, the kids that are involved. And, and we're, we're just looking for more kids all the time. Hmm. Scouting is a great experience. And, you know, we spent almost an hour speaking about fire department. Um, the bottom line, you know, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would be a firefighter had it not been for scouting, uh, potentially, but I, I don't know that. I know that I, I am because of, and, um, you know, and so many other uh, avenues that, you know, scouting opens doors for. Uh, uh, I, I just uh, can't say enough about that. It was uh, outstanding. It was great for me as, a, as an individual, and I would just, uh, you know, at this stage, I would like to open the doors for that to, to kids of today. Yeah, and it just it, it gets me thinking, uh, at May 3rd and 4th is the Great Give, which is a big uh, fundraiser for area nonprofits. Housatonic Boy Scouts, at least in years past, were yeah. one of the beneficiaries That's correct. of the Great Give, which means you can go online and donate to them very easily. Mm -hmm. uh, so we might have to have, long story short, we might have to have you back on during oh. the Great Give because we're planning to, to bring would, in nonprofits and to try to raise money I, for us and everybody. That's great. Uh, I look that, forward that to it. Yeah. I, I so. don't, you, you said you're going to be here for 36 hours. Uh, uh, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see. You see what kind of shape I'm in. We might have to have a Griffin Hospital hook up an EKG yeah. machine the, the whole time. Uh, but uh, well, but anyway. The, well, the storms bring their ambulance over. I stand <laughs> yeah. by. Yeah, right. So, uh, Gary Parker, I just wanted to thank you for, for coming here, uh, uh, given an hour of your time. It was a fascinating talk. I really appreciate your time. I, Eugene, I really appreciate you inviting me. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I, I thank you very much from no the bottom problem. of my heart. My pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you.